0: hello good evening and welcome to the lfc day trippers it is full-time reds number four for the season third of september i'm your host matt i'm joined by chris brack once again it is finished at anfield liverpool three aston villa nil and that is a lovely lovely way chris to start a sunday morning isn't it i guess it's middle of the afternoon for you it's the morning for me
1: yeah cool it's 20 past four here mate so yeah -hmm. but yeah um I was messaging Kev, and I think I messaged Kev about five minutes ago said, isn't it great where you're 3-0 up and you're only gripes, and I say gripes, are oh, probably should have scored more, and I'll be honest, the last 15-20 minutes was a bit boring. I yeah. love that, this is like, like, I don't have any of these, and I was at the game against the, 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 the whole lot, and that midfield battered us. They dominated Liverpool, and Liverpool, Liverpool did well to get 2-2 draw, Liverpool comfortably Dominated Villa and look, this is Villa side who I still think I've actually bought well. And actually, had a good side, but I think there's some tactical frailties by the the manager and Liverpool took supreme advantage. And to be fair, Jones came in first game of the season, took his chance. All in all, happy days, mate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the midfield battle. I I mean, I think it's key in every single game. If you uh, don't win the midfield, it's usually pretty hard for you to dominate a football game. But. We go to the lineups, and we saw a new midfield. First time ever for Liverpool that we have a starting midfield three of Sabasly McAllister, and Jones. A few questions before kickoff over who would be taking up that sixth position, but uh, as soon as the game started, pretty clear that Jones was going to be playing on the left. McAllister was going to be playing in that deep-lying role. And uh, the big question up front in terms of lineups was, was Darwin going to get his opportunity to go from the start? And Jürgen gave him the vote of confidence, and Darwin slotted in right up top beside Diaz and Mo Salah, and the back four was literally all we have. So pretty much. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the lineup, were you surprised to see uh, Endo not starting and Jones coming in?
1: Yeah, well, I think we just assumed it, but when you watch the game back and Heinz had to thing, maybe that's how Klopp views Villa, not how we view Villa, is there a certain sides he's just going, we're gonna dominate the ball, we're gonna have a we're gonna, you know, have a lot of the ball. So actually, we don't need an endo. We don't need a you know, someone just to cover us. We've actually got enough energy and legs around us to do that. If we're playing a difficult away game or we're playing like one of the top six sides, then you have an Endo whose job is to firefight fight and, you know, keep the back door shut. So it's not like a calculated risk. So look, like we all said on Friday night, uh, we all thought Endo would start. But listen, McAllister in the he did fine. You know, it doesn't really, he doesn't do the sixth like Endo does. It is more about interceptions, but that passing range he gives you from deep. Is absolutely brilliant weapon. So I think it's what we're going to see with the way Liverpool use the six. It's horses for courses now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the course might not be exactly the way that we presume it is either because, I mean, if McAllister plays the way he did today in the six, he's going to get a lot of games there because we've got options in those attacking eight positions. Uh, In terms of Aston Villa's lineup, Amy Martinez comes back in for them. So that's always a massive upgrade over uh, the man who will forever be a Liverpool villain in Robin Olsen for throwing away that final game of the season two years ago against Manchester city. They go with the back three again, Ezri Conza, Diego Carlos, Pau Torres, the fullbacks really pushing up wide. I mean, it wasn't really a back three because pretty much as soon as the game started, Ezri Conza was actually playing more as a right back. And Matty cash was pushed right up as a right midfielder slash right winger, mm. Luca Dino on the other side, uh, Douglas Louise, Ubicar Camara, John McGinn in midfield, and then Moussa Diaby and Ollie Watkins up front. That's a strong lineup from Aston Villa. Like that's, yeah. I'd imagine the Villa fans are happy with being able to field that starting eleven.
1: I think so. I mean, Ollie Watkins, I mean, even Klopp laughed when they said Ollie Watkins thing, he's he's like Jamie Vardy, he's just like, well, he always scores the Liverpool. That's just what he does. So we all knew we needed at least two today anyway. Um, but, you know, ultimately, we kept him really quiet But yeah, he did look, I think, well, this is a test for the midfield. Because that's a very robust midfield with Louise and Kamara in the middle anyway. So I thought, we'll see what happens. But, yeah.
0: So just before we get into the nitty-gritty, because it doesn't take long before things get really good for Liverpool, uh, point out that is Jurgen Klopp's 300th game as manager of Liverpool Football Club. He had a 62% winning percentage, which is the highest of all Liverpool managers with that number of games in the bag. Be a tick higher after this because it finishes up in a Liverpool victory. First minute immediately Alexis McAllister's there sweeping up at the back, doing number six things that we need him to do. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh boy, this is great. The press looks good right after that. Darwin picks up a foul and we get a corner and, holy shit, three minutes in and it's one nothing, and Dominic Salvaslai gets his first Liverpool goal. Nice goal.
1: Very nice goal. Um, keeper's got no chance of that, but, um, you know, it's just what you want because it, it's been so easy to go one nil down to three minutes thinking, oh God, this is nice. Oh, that's what it must feel like to be on the opposition all, all the time. So, listen as I finish. Like technique wise, it's it's a near on perfect hit. Uh, I don't know what channel you watched. Did Did you hear the debate at halftime about the goal? About the um... uh,
0: I don't watch any of the halftime stuff. I have uh, better things to do in that fifteen
1: yeah, I minutes I than. am right on it, and they were going hammer and on with Dermot Gallagher because they were reading out the offside rule, and what they're saying is where Mo Salah is stood. Is in the keeper's eye line. When you look at it, you you do see uh, Martinez look around Mo as the guy hits it and dives it away. So there was a debate saying by the letter of law should that be should that be disallowed? Uh, but I was thinking, having seen what they allowed with the Ake goal, you can do one, you know. But look, bit look finally going our way because apparently people think it should be disallowed, which is even better. But well, technique wise, yeah. you know, we that he's been threatening that for the last three games, hasn't he? You know, one of those hits from distance to go in. So. It's nice that he's finally got it, got it off. You know, it's a sweet hit, as you can see. Ashley says Tiago esque uh, Alonso comes to mind because I thought the way he struck it is How you watch Alonso strike a ball, it was, it just, it just grows and grows with his with his confidence. And it, what everyone thinks of it, it just looks great. Yeah,
0: it's. I mean, it wasn't quite to the level of the Tiago goal against Porto because I don't think there's any debate over whether Sabasla's shot hit the ground or not. It looks like he put it right into the ground and got some wicked spin coming off of it. But I mean the corner came into the box and it just absolutely evaded everybody. Like it was almost comical Mm -hmm. in the way that the ball just seemed to miss both our attacking headers and their defending headers. And it falls to him and he chucks it in not having seen the debate over the VAR controversy. I saw that one yesterday. And I mean, Ashley, L said there that they set the precedent yesterday. Nathan Ake was in a far more uh, intrusive position from offside for that goal yesterday. And they looked at it and they allowed that one to stand. So. I Had zero worries about it whatsoever, and like the international feed, they didn't really harp on about it too much. So, they only harped on about at half
1: time at half time when the, when the goal winner there was no, they showed three or four refills, no one brought it up. Yeah, so it's one of those, yeah. one of those things. But listen, as Kev right points out, it set the tone, which is right now we've got a base to work on. Uh, but the key thing, which is what we probably haven't done when we did the skates Chelsea, was we made sure we got a second not long after that, which then gives that cushion. Because the longer he goes at one nil, you just thinking, Oh gold, you know, something could happen. But the thing that surprised me, which is why I thought Darwin is, and listen, I don't watch loads of villa, so I can't. So maybe this is how they've always played, but I said in my head, because it's a new right emory team and it's very defensive, is there would be much space in behind, but my lord, it's a high line they play, and it's just played to Darwin's hands, which may which is why you're not a manager and I'm not, because he was re- they were really high up and it was so easy for Darwin to get in behind all the time. He was giving Power Torres nightmares.
0: Yeah. Not only that, like I, I think Unai Emory Emery has done a fantastic job. I've said it on numerous shows. I think he's a top manager and the work he's done at Aston Villa is absolutely exemplary. I don't know how he set his team up today. I don't understand it because within the first 10 minutes, I was making notes to myself of like Villa are really sitting off of us when we have the ball. So, you know, we get the ball, whether it's, you know, Allie comes and collects a weak cross or goes up for a goal kick and we're building up from the back and they just, They didn't press like there were very Mm. few instances in the game where they actually came for us to get the ball. Like, you know, the total opposite to how Newcastle were pressing us in the second half. I mean, obviously we were down a man so slightly different situation, but I couldn't believe how passive they were in their defense. And then, like you correctly said, also playing a high line. So they had all 10 of their outfield players in like a 20, 30 yard band across the middle of the park where they're trying to push up from the back but they're not pushing up with the press from the forwards. And it gave Trent so many opportunities to do, you know, a couple little interchanges. And then all of a sudden he's in five, six yards of space. There's nobody in a Villa shirt closing him down. And he's able to just get his head up and look and wait for Darwin to time his run. Diaz, the time is run. Mo to time his run. And it was just pass after pass after pass going over the top. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it away here before we get around to it at the end of the show. I thought Trent was outstanding today. Like his so, passing today
1: was so he the, good. He took on the captain's armband really well. But what I did notice with Liverpool, I think this is probably like a tactical switch. Now maybe it's because we keep going out to ten men, so that, so they've just got used to doing it. Is definitely now it, it looks deliberate that when we're defended, it is a four four two. It's really predominant four four two. You know, and look, you know, suits Sobs like it was right, Diaz goes left, and you just leave Mo and, and Nunes up front, and we look just more comfortable. People know where where they need to be. And then the inverted stuff sort of ha- happens, but even when you're inverted, they didn't do it very often. They just picked the moments, and when it was there, he took it. But yeah, look, I think maybe with Trent, the responsibility of being captain, no Virgil van Dijk, no Kanate, you know, stood up, you know, and thought, well, I've got to set the example here. And as some people pointed out, um, I'll get a comment. Um, I thought the two centre backs did really well today, because let's be honest, yes. we've, we've all had their we all have our queries about them, you know, fitness wise. Joe Gomez, you tend to worry about Joe Gomez. He doesn't often do back-to-back performances. He can do back-to-back games, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but not always. One of them's position. a mayor. Yeah, yeah. Whereas today, I thought he did really well. Left side of centre back, not his natural position. Ended up going to right back and showed a bit of nastiness to him. A bit of a. I'm not taking any shit anymore. Where we'll come down where Durant has a little kick at him. Joe Goins is the most laid-back person you'll know, Even Joe Goins stands up to him and fronts yeah. him up. He's thinking, okay, that's a bit of a. Maybe that's just, like I don't know, they've stopped being a bit of a soft touch and going, like, we'll just, you know, we'll stand up to you and we'll show you what we can do. As best to Joe, I think apart from one mistake, which we'll cover, which again is lucky because he slips, I don't think he did anything wrong. And Matip did yeah. one of the worst clearances I've ever seen in my life. It was carriest levels to give a corner away, which we'll talk about later. But apart from that, actually, was really good. It was honest to God, it was like, if my daughter did that, who's 10, you'd be going, what are you doing? Where's Where's that come mm-hmm. from? So, but apart from, you know, you never got faultless performances. but, you know, as a unit, I thought we did really well today. Yeah. It's, uh, the two,
0: like pretty much with the exception of Robbo, the other three of our back four all had one real head scratcher in the 13th minute. Trent played a pretty risky back pass to Allison that just the distance wasn't quite right on. It, and it seemed like one of those opportunities where we were just going to gift Aston Villa a chance, but thankfully that went out for nothing. Uh, Probably a bit of a turning point in the game. 16th minute, Diego Carlos, who might be the most unlucky player in he's, the league with he's injuries.
1: Now, he's actually now played more minutes this season than he has last season or only four games in. Well,
0: it wasn't um, that wasn't difficult, but it wasn't
1: difficult though, no, because Paul Bloke did his did his Achilles after like one game. Yeah. And it was a nasty it was a nasty Achilles injury go as well. So you know, very unlucky. Yeah, because they brought Bailey on that completely sort of tweaked how they played a little bit, I suppose. If anything, they pro- probably made them a bit a bit more robust. Yeah, well, it it
0: forced them to change from having Matty Cash pushing up on that right-hand side. Now, obviously, coming off of a week where he bags two goals, he's obviously, you know, he's got his tail up and he's going to be wanting to get forward a little bit. So that was clearly the plan from Emery at the outset, was to push Matty Cash up on that right-hand side and try to cause some problems. Probably having looked at how Chelsea tried to target down Robertson's side in our first game, where they created those overloads and just kept going again and again and again. But when that injury happens, all of a sudden, Matty Cash has to go play right back because they bring Leon Bailey on who tough break for Leon Bailey. He uh, gets subbed off after being subbed on. That's terrible for him, but
1: that's the worst feeling what? of footballer.
0: <laughs> it's, got, it's gotta be bad. 21st minute comes. It's another one of those situations where Trent gets the ball lying deep. He has the chance to pick his head up, hooks the ball over the top. Mo Salah gets onto it. he, hooks it inside with a strange touch with his left foot. Darwin Nunes does last year Darwin Nunes things and fires the ball off of the post. And Matty Cash does his best Jordan Pickford impersonation, gets in the way, bounces off of him for an own goal. Happy days. We are off.
1: We are. And give credit to Mo and Darwin in the build because as the ball's played up to Mo, he's offside. He's miles offside. and he, But he sees Darwin as so he stops his run to let Darwin get the balls, and then Darwin lays it off to Mo and then gets into position. So those two have got a nice link-up play, but it's actually a bit of um, clever thinking. Last year, we would have just got ourselves offside because we're just stupid last year, let's be honest. Uh, yeah, but listen, with Darwin, it, it, it's going to be a feast for a fan with him because I'm not sure as much else he could do with that first-time hit. You know, when you look, in, that's inside the post and just goes in. Uh, but listen, Liverpool deserve a bit of luck inside the post, and... You know, Matty Cash buries. It. I mean, two thirds Cash, he's got no idea the ball's even gonna hit no. him. Uh, but put it into context, Brentford away last year, very simple position. Darwin is, bangs it, hits the inside of the post, flies out wide. Yeah. Doesn't hit anyone, you know. So you need that bit of luck sometimes. So we were in that weird position where Liverpool had one shot on target all half, but were two, two goals balls. up, which is a, a, <laughs> a lovely quirk, a lovely quirk of stats, isn't it? Because uh, if I'm honest, that's probably the only criticism you have the first half was we had a lot of Possession of the ball, we sort of create a lot of opportunities, but actually didn't work. Martinez very much, really. We probably yeah. should have done because uh, I mean, Matip misses the easiest header I think he'd ever get all season for a goal, which is very unmatic like. Because to be fair, he's actually pretty decent attacking corners, um, but luckily he didn't come to hurt us.
0: No, it's yeah, these are the games where you want to be able to say, like, ah, you know, we, uh, we missed a couple of guilt edge chances there. But at the end of the day, you win by three goals. So it doesn't really matter. So you just move on from there. It's very much how I feel about the mistakes to give away the goals in the Bournemouth and Newcastle games, where it's like last year, those were decisive goals. You know, those yes. were goals that turned wins into draws or draws into losses or put us down 1 0, and we never were able to recover from it. But this year, there's just a different, there's a if different issue to, to
1: this team. If you're going to miss them, miss them at two 0 Don't miss them up. At... yeah. Most of those chances we miss, we're up nil nil or one nil down generally. So that's where that's probably the difference. Um, and it's like I said, we built from the Chelsea game where we should have gone two up. You know, I know I, I know the Mo goals this lad and that, but we had opportunities to make that two nil. And again, sliding doors moment. You do sort of feel like if we'd um, gone two at Chelsea, we probably would have we probably would have won. Yeah. So you know,
0: yeah. There's nothing we can do about that. The rest of the first half kind of plays out just like a pretty standard football game. Obviously, uh, we'll get to the Gomez slip in a bit, but I I noticed a slight tactical change that I don't think I've noticed with Liverpool playing before. So Trent wasn't as wedded to the inverted midfield position, but I found that when we were in those transition phases where you're not quite on the ball and Villa's not quite on the ball, was that Trent was dropping into the center half position and Gomez or not Gomez? Pardon me, Matip was a full-on right back. Yeah, And I I really, really like that because instead of having Matip try to stay to his natural right center half position and Trent having to make these big runs to get back out and cover that space, it seemed like it really constricted that danger zone space when Trent vacates that right back position, he inverts into midfield. And you know that there's just this big circle of empty space where the opposition left winger or left fullback is where if they win the ball, all they have to do is hook it out there, you know, a clever diagonal over the top and your guys probably in space by having Trent drop in as the center half and having Matip drift up as the right back. It really, I liked it. Like I, I want to see, I want to see that with Ibu Kanate as opposed to yeah. That's the, that, that's the key.
1: That's the key thing you've Kanate. I think in a way that's what City saw to do. I mean, City get away because they play most. Of it feels like they play four center halves. Mm-hmm. Where if you see one go out of position, you know, it's Doesn't no surprise. They can't walk. Go center back. You know, and you have somebody else go to so one of the center backs go to right back for a little bit it sort of covers you it's like it's like for age where people seem to be shocked when you used to see trenton robertson switching
0: fullback mm-hmm. positions
1: from corners they just go well yeah. we'll just say the fullback position and then when it's clear we'll get back to normal it's kind of just like reduce the chaos you know just keep it as simplistic as possible i mean crash you yeah. don't want Matip saying right back too much because he's let's be honest he's not quick and i think quite a few would uh, have fun and games with that
0: yeah but i mean uh you brought the comment up here from Zachary that Gomez and Matip were good today. I thought they were both yeah. absolutely excellent. Of course, we have to mention it. Thirty-second minute, Joe Gomez makes an incredible interception, and a few seconds later, he manages to find he manages he just, to find that oil slick that I don't know yeah. how the ground staff haven't removed that piece of turf from Anfield. But yeah. it was very similar to the position on the pitch that Gerrard slipped in against Chelsea. Obviously. Thankfully, nothing comes from it because the shot is blazed pretty well over the bar by John McGinn, who had a very, very quiet game today. It goes back to what you were talking about with us Mm -hmm. winning that midfield battle. Other than that, I mean, I saw McAllister just doing great work defensively, just sweeping up, cutting off passing lanes, intercepting, doing a good job at that number six position. And it really, it, it gives me... Heart that my thoughts about the number six is a different position than we as fans understand it. Like the coaching staff see that number six mm. position for the majority of games slightly different. Like, I think if we play City, I can see them going with Endo. Yeah, I could see that being a game where you start Endo in the midfield. But for if,
1: if we played City, for- I could see Liverpool trying to play Endo and McAllister as a double pivot, soppers fly yeah. right, Diaz left, I and then mean, you probably say Salah's maybe so like Gakpo as a 10 and say Mo up front or Nunez up front and yeah. Salas. that, I think he'd probably do that almost like clog the middle. Cause the one thing city do is they make sure they overload the middle, middle of the pitch. So,
0: yeah,
1: you know, we'll see how it is. I've uh, got comment by Brian, who's said, uh, I know Darwin could have had a hat trick today. Mo has got a good rapport with him, which is reminiscent of his relationship with him and Zeko at Roma, which was a big thing. That was just before we signed him, wasn't it? You know, him and yeah. Zeko linked up really well. So, and what we've seen in preseason, those two just seem to link up perfectly. They seem to have that understanding, which is could only be a good thing. And as Kev points out, Ibu played right center back in a three when he was in Germany. So drifting to right back would suit him more, which it yeah. does. I think we've sort of seen that in how he lays out to keep it fit fits a bit of a bit of a challenge.
0: Yeah. And he just has an extra yard of pace that Matip doesn't, which, you know, is no knock on Joel Matip because he's got the most amazing dribbling legs that you've ever seen. Oh, but, we saw
1: that today as well. That we? we saw a little Joe Mathew dribble, which I always love. Ah,
0: uh, he went on one and he lost the ball up high. And it, I'll forget a that bit. There's
1: the still a joy to watch. We do love watching Joe Matthews dribble. Oh, it's exciting.
0: Uh, it's like watching a foal being born or something like that. Yeah.
1: Uh, and Anto Chill makes a point. Also impressed with Jones. Uh, the sign of Grand Birch seems to have spurred him on. Listen, credit to the manager, the lad's not been fit for the start of the season. And he only, only came back to training, was it Monday? And he's thrown him straight in. So, it's a sign of faith, but I for me, it's also like a bit of a reward for how well he did end of last season. Uh, yeah. And the best thing I can say about Jones is, it was kind of seems I forgot he was there, but I don't mean in a negative way. It's kind of like on well, the midfield function, like like it should do, you know. And yeah. I quite enjoyed today the the energy and the snap in the tackles and just the press, basically all the things for most of last year we didn't have did we let's face it let's face it we did lose these post-match shows we're going yeah there's no midfield they all just stood, they all just got ran past all the time yeah yeah so, no kidding i we get say? to the
0: half we end up with 70 possession at the halftime break we're on 92 and a half percent passing accuracy you know we've completed 388 out of 420 passes that's a pretty good sign you know that shows that you're making those simple passes because it's It'll forever be my big bugbear from having to do the shows after last season was the number of times you're screaming at the TV because our midfielders or defenders can't complete simple five, six-yard passes. The only other thing I took out at halftime before I left to go not listen to the halftime jibber-jabber is that, damn, we need that Upper Annie Road finished. Um, oh, it's It just... It's so sad looking, seeing all those thousands and thousands of seats sitting up there empty. And okay? it's going to add so much more to the atmosphere. And I mean, Liverpool crowd sounded absolutely fantastic today. But mm. we go into the half. It is uh, at halftime leading. Liverpool are 125 times now that we've been leading at halftime since we've thrown it away. And I believe that was a four-three loss to Bournemouth, where Nathan Eddie Ake Howls- scored.
1: Uh, Eddie House ball, Caddis dropped the ball. Yeah. yeah. We've seen that game yeah. before. Do you want to hear um, uh, There was a Chelsea fan getting very excited about two hours ago. He's put Liverpool City and Chelsea are going to fight out for this title this season. It will be absolute pure cinema. And as somebody's rightly pointed out, since Liverpool's last defeat, which was the 1st of April against Manchester City, Chelsea have lost 11 games. <laughs> Whereas in, those 15, in that 15-game period, we have lost none. And we have drawn five, won 10. So, yeah. Bless him. But, but they've
0: lost of... 37 new players. So. not surprised.
1: Is it? Probably more. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's
1: just ridiculous. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, that's quite a run yeah. around, though, isn't it? When you think about it, so that's 15 games undefeated. I think it's a wild well, much... It's a wild season to look a run like that.
0: Since we've started this box midfield inverted fullback experiment, we have not been beaten in a competitive match. So I am all well and good for that. So for those people that are frustrated with understanding how we're going to do with this box formation and are crying out for us to go back to the 4-3-3 or play the 4-2-3-1, just remember, we've never really played 4-2-3-1, and last year the 4-3-3 was pretty bloody abysmal. And with the new formation, we have not been beaten yet. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, the other the other stats I saw somebody tweeted of, like, there's no way that uh, Dominic Zoboslai scores a goal before Mason Mount or Kai Havertz, so tick. We can cross that one off. Uh, Mick G here, Sabaslai, more goals than Mudrick this season and have had more here we go than runs this season. They make they still make me chuckle. Yeah, I mean, that's our uh, that's that's our rivals. Chelsea, they are a little bit goofy. Second half starts. The first five minutes were bonkers. We're like I thought,
1: We're I've absolute shites. Let's put it right. We were crap the first five minutes.
0: I mean, we weren't in the first minute. Dominic Sabazlai absolutely sends Luka Dignic for all the newspapers, not just the Echo. Like, he went and he grabbed the Sunday Times, completely he, skins him on the edge of their box, crosses it in the middle to nobody. He just had it
1: done for a bit, didn't
0: he? Oh, it was, it was not good. Shortly thereafter, though, Aston Villa get a free kick. Matty Cash at the back post, trying to make up for his own goal, continue on his goal-scoring exploits from last week against the Ev. Allison Becker. Again. Again.
1: It's a great, it's a great save. He's the best. He's just the best. Yeah, the problem is, well, it's not a problem. Sorry, I've got to point with Allison where, do you know, even the save he does against Newcastle and this I can't, say this day, I can't just go. Well, of course, he saves it. Why? Because he does. And then when you watch, Michael go, actually, yeah, nobody, keep, nobody keep a save though. I think you kind of get blasé to how good he is. But yeah, it'd be very Liverpool to start sloppy first five minutes of the second half, concede two one, go oh, here we go. This is going to be one of those moments. But outside of that, I think the the cross that came afterwards from the corner, uh, Watkins gets his head in it, but it's nowhere near it. But apart from that, they were reduced for the rest of the half to very much half chances, or we'll talk about him in a a bit. who came on it just decided, (laughs) he's like that lad you play five-a-side with. You know, as soon as he gets the ball, he shoots, you know. So where is the yeah. where he is, is in five side like shoots he's in goal? I'm gonna shoot anyway. But <laughs> just like
0: Well, I believe in the last villa game he came on and scored with basically his first touch. So I guess he was uh hungry like the wolf for more <laughs> goals. Uh shortly after Ali save, though, I mean Mo gets in. He plays a very uh unregulation outside of the foot loopy cross, and Darwin just Just can't direct the ball to the right side of the post. It goes just wide. All of it again coming from another insane pass from Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's left in miles of space.
1: Yeah, I think when they showed the replay, uh, he's getting that's become one of his trademark cross moves, the outside the because It's so deadly. I think when you watch the replay, I do think uh, Martinez gets a touch on it. I think that's why he ends up heading it. I think he's gonna. I think he's trying. I think he thinks he can volley this. And I'm pretty sure Martinez gets a touch. I think that's what what does it for him. Yeah, Mark, that was the only thing for Darwin today. It was everything but the goal. You know, hit the post, yeah. hit the crossbar for first half. Has a has a weird shot that just comes off his head and goes just wide. It's like, oh, God, you know. But to be fair to him, he's got two assists. And Villa were absolutely made up when he went off the pitch. I think it's like, God for that. Because he's when he's on form, he's got all the attributes that, that defenders just don't want. He's big, he's powerful. You know, he's got a good shot on him. He'll take a shot from anywhere. You know, and the pace on him is ridiculous. Um, exactly. we were told we should ask Kev if he still thinks we should have signed Pau Torres. I think that's maybe a dig at Kev. To be fair, actually, I think Pau Torres is quite good. I just think he got rinsed today, but you know, I mean, he
0: wasn't good today. There was it was hard to remember him even being on the ball, even yeah. being on the ball.
1: But I think that says more about how we played, as in we, you yeah. know, we pressed, we pressed the life at him, we didn't give him easy options to do what he can do, which is play the ball. Pau Torres, if he's in the Liverpool side, would do the Joe Matty sort of stuff. Pau would probably do well in the City, city, you know, doing a similar thing near the ball ballplay centre-back. I think today, him and most of Villa got rattled. And we've had him on the show before. A guy runs the Villa podcast. Uh, he's, he's really good. Um, his name will come to me in a minute. And he tweeted out straight away saying, "Like, I know we've got a few injuries there, but this is the one issue we have with Emery, which is, he's great for us, but... When it goes wrong, it's like he freezes and he doesn't really know how to get his players just to get through the next ten minutes. It's like if it all goes wrong, that's it. It all goes wrong. So wow, it, uh, it probably... slightly
0: went wrong today, much like it did in their first week game against Newcastle. Up, Updates
1: from Jurgen Klopp uh, on Trent Alexander-Arnold. On Trent, it's a hamstring, not too serious. Uh, is his, is his opinion. So two two weeks maybe, and he should be good to go again. It could be it could be one of those international two week injuries mm-hmm. potentially, yes. But um, I can't see Trent wanting to come off when he's captain. You know, I, if it's a and was having just, a great game. He was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So I think you know, and he just nearly scored an absolute beaut. You know, and it's just edge of the box, um, Gerard esque. He just went over, and you thought, okay, not long after that, he's, he just sat down. So. What you hope he's done like the Milner thing, where Milner used to get his hamstring, but he's like sit down straight and go like I felt the tweak and just doesn't move and then gets taken off, and then you find out within eight days Milner's fine again because he's not torn it. So like I said, hopefully it's a tweak and then you know he'll be back for the Wolves game because you know otherwise we're, we're really thin. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah no gave, kidding. But it gave another opportunity to young Quanta and the best compliment I give young Quanta is he came in, he went to centre back joe gomez went to right back and i forgot Kwanza was playing and i mean that in the nice possible way which was i forgot we had a kid playing center back he was did everything he want to do, kept it simple you know didn't get tested too much so but i think that's just the best thing you say about kwanzaa it was seamless he came on and you forgot he was a young kid who came on he just came on the book cracked on us normal it was great and joe gomez doing joe gomez things at right back you know trying to have a fight with duran which is always good fun uh, and again, yeah. Joe goes at right back. Thought he was fine, and it was very much a right. Okay, lads, back forward, just don't move. We'll just leave it to Lie and all the other lads to do what they need to do. I mean, the subs yeah, came it, on it, quite uh... well a lot. The subs did well when they came yeah, on, but yeah, for was... once they didn't score. But they just, they just yeah. Um, Standards wise, nothing dropped. You know, Elliot came on. The Jones who had a good, good cameo. And then Jota and Gakpo—they're not bad subs to bring on. I mean. Elliot's really lucky. He tries to do the slide shot at the end of the box, and it's only just wide. You know, again, for Elliot, he's doing really well. As a super sub role at the moment.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm okay with that because, I mean, if he's going to be playing in the same position that Dominic slide takes up, it's going to be pretty tough to uh, uproot him and get the starting position from him. Uh, before the subs start coming in, except, of course, for the enforced one in the first half for Villa because of the injury to Diego Carlos, Trent Alexander-Arnold gets the ball. Takes off down the right-hand channel. He's squared up by two men. Does a good job to keep the ball. He ends up winning a corner from it. And from the corner, Andy Robertson floats it in. A little flick on by Darwin Nunes. Back post, Mo Salah. Easiest goal he'll ever score.
1: Three-nil. That feels like, that feels like a routine, that one. That feels like a planned routine, that. It's a so, little but,
0: flick. I mean, everybody was exactly where they needed to be. You know, That's it's, what I mean. It's it, great...
1: it, it, it was so perfect that you thought, that may be something they've decided to work on with when you've got Darwin on the pitch, just say to him, near post, flick it to back post. Either it'll fly in, which is great, or I'll be battering one of the forwards who aren't there at the back post to tap it in. You know, if, listen, if, if we keep doing that corner, I is, is going to get another 10, 15 goals a season. The, they're, the, they're the best goal. I love goals that like I wish. Just the two-yard tap-ins, they're great. Robbie Fowler scored loads doing that. Keep doing that. I was yeah. quite made up with it. And goal from a corner, yeah. which is quite nice.
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh, 64th minute, we get our first draft of substitutions. Triple sub, Harvey Elliott for Jones, Gakpo for Darwin, Jada for Diaz. I liked those subs at the time. I think they were the players that probably needed to come off. Jones coming back up to match fitness. Darwin did look like he was showing some of the signs of a guy who had made countless numbers of runs in behind that were and were not found uh, in the first half, and the first 60 minutes of the game. And Diaz for Jada. It just makes perfect sense. We get Harvey moving into the right side at eight nominally. Sabaslige ships over to the left-hand side. Uh, Zaniolo comes on for Leon Bailey, who walks right past Unai Emery and right into the change room. The old unhappy substituted substitute, which is always funny to see.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, like there was a few moments of just like our team defending that I really quite liked. Uh, in towards the end of the second half but really it was it was a quiet like this is so much better like you said the final 15 minutes were like boring quiet football I loved and it it's do you remember how many games last year where the last 15 minutes was opposition fans or when we were on the road the home fans oh laying the shit out of us for the last 15 minutes oh yeah this yeah. was so much better <laughs> just Kwanzaa Tip. To Gomez, to Matip, to Kwanzaa, to Robertson, and back again. Like keep going, boys. Rack those yeah. passes
1: though. It was brilliant. And just to let you know, that's Mo's Mo's now 150 different Liverpool games where Mo Salah has now scored a goal. Which is in
0: how many has he played? 240 something I something.
1: Something like that, yeah. Uh, Mo Salah Badner. is the first pl- is the first player to score or assist in ten consecutive Appearances in the Premier League since most Salah between August and December 2021, 15 games in that right in that side. So he basically beat his own record now, which is quite impressive. And final one, uh, Trent now has 55 Premier League assists in 202 games. That is now more Premier League assists than Ozil, Hazard, and Juan Mata. To be fair to Ozil, Ozil did it in 184 games, did it in less games. To be fair to him. But he's comfortably beaten what Hazard did. Hazard took him 245 games to get that level of assists. So.
0: And he's doing it from fullback. And I believe that puts him, what, two clear or one clear of Robertson for the all-time Premier League assist by a defender list as well, too. So we've got something, numbers one and number two on that all-time list.
1: Something like that. You know, Mo's one step closer to a Little record, which I'm sure is what he wants to beat before he leaves Liverpool. Which is yeah. why no, he's, him, he's going for he,
0: Ian Rush's record. Don't worry about that. Because I mean.
1: which is why him leaving next summer might not actually happen. You know, he's. I still think of gone I think he was. He knows he's probably going to three or four years at top level playing since about thirty-four. Yeah, and I kind of feel he wants to go with those sort of records and then go. actually, oh, you know, 34 or then go and earn me big bucks in the MLS or whatever that that big yeah. league is that that gets the big money.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to not address it because it is still the only final transfer elephant in the room, which is seems kind of strange that the only link of a player possibly being poached late by the Saudis while their window is still open and the English window is closed it seems like the only player who's at risk of going is a Liverpool player, which is a bit strange. But I think most of stays is, at Liverpool there, is, he he stays is a, as long as he wants to stay. If he I wants so. to sign an extension, he signs an extension, and if he wants to leave. The club will let him leave. Like we have shown that this summer, if a player comes into Jurgen's office and says, "Boss, I want to, I want to move," they're not going to stand in the way. They're going to let you go. Yeah, you, we're, we'll let go all of our recognized defensive midfielders before we keep a player at the club who doesn't want to be at the club.
1: Yeah, exactly. So and I'm okay I with think, that. Yeah, I, I don't see him leaving. Well, definitely this summer. Not not this season, anyway. But no, uh, again, sir, I'm glad sir, that, certainly not. But I'm glad it was a it was a um, comfortable win because you know you may would have would have to have lots of chats about body oh. language and how he reacts to not scoring and you know if he gets so well, there off, was there almost... was a
0: comment that said that it might be his last goal for Liverpool because he had very muted celebrations after the goal, or you know it could just be a third goal and a routine three nothing victory that was a yeah, yeah. simple tap in at the back post and didn't break any records for him. Well, as it turns out. It did break it did, some records, it did, it him, it, but it, it, it was, was his own it. record. I don't think he counts those.
1: Thor's so just saying, uh, those stats are impressive, but they can't be right because he's just another Juan Cuadrado. Oh, gosh, that I'm sure it's really funny. The lady who said that, she's still doubling down on it, going, Ah, uh, yeah, but he, he, unlike Hazard, he doesn't do it in big games, does he? You're going, like, Oh my lord, love just look at his scoring record again. You just feel like, like saying, saying If you got it wrong, just say you got it wrong, and we're going, like, Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I've got look, you, me, Matt, I've got loads wrong on players we think are gold, we think of crap and then they prove you wrong you're well, yeah. well no, fair enough you know it's just an opinion if You get it wrong you get it wrong it, you
0: exactly know, exactly all right let's finish off the few details of this game 70th minute kwanzaa comes on for trent so that's obviously going to be the big takeaway from the game will be you know trent injury watch i think we're all of the opinion that we're hoping it's one of those ferguson style pick up a hamstring strain just before international duty mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know if they're going away to play Ukraine. I mean, they're obviously not going to be playing in Ukraine, but I don't know where uh, England's off to. I know they play Ukraine and Scotland in this international break, but here's the hoping that Trent doesn't have to go and do that. Drell Kwanzaa comes on. And I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think it was Zachary had a comment there of like, you know, we're all kind of sleeping on Kwanzaa that he's, he's proving so far in his two appearances that he's a good fifth choice center half substitution. Yeah. Antioch 123 says very good in the final 20 minutes like he's calm on the ball. He's a massive massive unit of a player. He's in the right positions. Like he seems like he has the physical gifts for it and a bit of a baptism by fire for him. Not so much this game but definitely the Newcastle game having to come in down a goal, down a man, you know, your captain sent off. That's that's a pretty sink or swim situation for the kid and so far for me he swam quite well in uh, both of his Yuri Tielemans comes on for Douglas Louise, who very anonymous in the game, I thought.
1: You well, yeah, know, we real, absolutely yeah. controlled that. Yeah, I had no interest in run, did he?
0: <laughs> no, no, not really. No. And Duran Duran came on for Ollie Watkins, who thankfully for me, I have him on my bench in my FPL by mistake, but that worked out well for me. And he proceeded to shoot from anywhere he got the ball, regardless of where he was on the pitch. Just an instant first-time shot, which was fantastic. <laughs> There's not really a whole lot else. I mean, by the 80th minute, I'm writing down like the game is super, super slow. Aston Villa get in a few minutes before uh, just before Endo comes on for McAllister. They come down. Diaby plays the ball out onto the left. It's crossed through the box and ends up going out for a Liverpool throw in. I just any of those little partial chances that we had. I thought Joe Gomez, Joel Matip, and Gerald Kwanza, like Jay's at the back for us were. Fantastic, and oh, United is up one nothing against the Arsenal with a goal for Marcus Rashford,
1: which is all right. which, If United uh, today, right. Isn't that their first win against anyone in the top R? Uh, I think it's top eight. I think since I don't think they won any of the top eight top eight last year. So it's a long time since they've got a winner against top eight. Which well, the does. We were top eight though. You know what I mean?
0: Not when away, we played
1: uh, them away, no, away I from we away from home. Old Trafford, if I got away from him, they didn't. That was, that was their big Achilles heel last year. Was the, yeah, was we wonderful. absolutely smashed him. Uh,
0: final Liverpool substitution. Endo comes on for a short little cameo at the end of the game with a full complement of teammates, which must be nice for him to be able well, to come me in. And for that. Got,
1: me, and, me and Kev have got a bet going, so I'll bring you into this. Name the game where Endo is going to play a full 90 with Liverpool having a full 11 on the pitch because he hasn't, as you say, I think he's played now 40 minutes for a full 11 across three games, which is a bit mad. So Kev's Kev's opinion is going to be Lasker way, which is on the 21st of September. He thinks that'll be the first time he plays a full 90 and of a full 11 on the pitch. I wouldn't
0: be surprised if Endo never completes a full 90 for us.
1: That wouldn't surprise me at all. Whether whether
0: he doesn't start or whether he starts, it just feels like Oh, There we go. That was quick and easy. Odegaard drawing at level. I just think that Endo's Role in the squad is just to plug and play, fill some minutes here and there. I'm not sure what his engine's like, having literally never watched him before. He put on a Liverpool shirt a couple of times that he's played for us already. He -hmm. doesn't look like a guy like Dominic Savaslai who can just run and run and run and run and run. So if he comes on at the start and he gets taken off to bring on a Bacitic or a Thiago or a Curtis Jones to pick up that number six role, whether we're chasing a game or trying to defend a lead, I'm okay with that. Like, I don't think he needs to play. The full 90 minutes. I think you're going to see that position be substituted for in pretty much every single game this year. So I think so. Never.
1: I think you'll always see two of the So you say never. I think you're also going to see two of the fours come off every game. I just think that's the rotation, please. So it says, should we just go quick through the 11, sort of what we think of them? So Allison, Mm -hmm. and literally was brilliant. Uh, Yeah. The one big thing we had to make, he makes, which is kind of good. Uh, Spoilers. Trent was probably man of the match. I think you feel the same, yeah. don't you? Um uh, yes. Both both ends of his game defensively he was very good. Attacking wise, he's always very good. Uh Joe Gomez and Matted the unit can't really fault it. Like you said, Joe Gomez had one slip, didn't for once, which I think was the luck we didn't have last year. When he does slip, it doesn't we don't get punished. And Matted does the yep. most maddest corner game you've ever, ever seen. But a problem that Andy Robbo was just Andy Robbo. solid. Yeah, not really not really much you needed him to do. The midfield three thought Jones was excellent, just pretty much like Curtis Jones the last year for the last ten games. Yep. Sobersly Sober Sly was unreal. He's looking like he's, absolute signing of the he's season. So, he's
0: so he's so good. He's like, I, I didn't want to have huge opinions on him when we made that signing because, you know, I've only seen him a handful of times, you know, for Leipzig, oh. and he wasn't really a player that I was like, oh, I got to, you know, you have to watch Dominic Salvas live play. I didn't even know how to pronounce his name before we signed him. I was really mm-hmm. leaning into those Zeds real hard. and You should just skip over them, pretend they're not even there. But, I mean, pre- preseason, you can just see of, like, he's got a presence he has an mm-hmm. ability to take the ball on the turn and drive forward like Gakpo was showing last year. Gakpo's been a bit off of it so far this season, but he will come good. I'm not entirely worried about that. But I mean, just he's 22. He's tall. He's strong. He's fast. He scores today with his weak foot with an amazing shot. So we haven't even seen him hit a proper belter of a right footed cannon shot yet. And I, somebody said there in one of the comments, you know, he, he wears size, size seven. seven. Yeah, he wears size sevens and his technique is heaven or something like that. like subless, subless, It's, and his endurance, just his physicality, the fact that he's not blowing after 60, 70 minutes when he's making those runs to come back and cover. Like his link up play on the right-hand side with Trent and Salah is looking very good. Like the players all seem to be clicking with each other well. Mm. The big concern I had about him was, is he going to want to do that donkey work, that Jordan Henderson
1: work? where he Trent and gone attacking, and he does. He sort of like um, we well, saw that 1-0. We saw that one nil where I think Mat- in fact, It was, it was after Matt did his little run and lost it. Trent was at centre-back, yeah. and sobersly is putting the slide-back on her right back to clearer. He went, there we go. So, you know, yep. he's happy to do the hard yards. And to be fair to him, I think for McAllister and for Sobersly, the two guys have been a, the proper batters and no the fire. Right, lads. You know, we're going to play with 10. You know, and 10 away to Newcastle, which is hard, you know. All the best, and they all stood up to it. Fine, you know you can't really knock it. Front three, I thought I thought Darwin was excellent today. I know he could have scored, and probably on another day he would, but I thought he was a constant nuisance. I thought his link play was better. I thought defensively, especially defending corners, you know, he gives us what we need. Him and Mo look at me. I thought Mo was more involved today, you know, and he like you said he skinned Dini all the time. If anything, the front three, the quiet one was probably Diaz. It wasn't that he was poor; he was just quiet and to us. Just not when the attacks went down the left, went down the left, he seems to be more down the right this time. I think that's just sometimes how it goes. And then, yeah. all, well, when they came on, they were all solid, did what we needed to do, you know. So, all in all, not really a could gripe, but apart from Trent getting a hamstring injury, that's the yeah. only sort of nibble really we can have all game. So, all in all, yeah, nice, nice, easy afternoon for us
0: exactly that's that is all all you could ever possibly want yeah I thought Diaz was good in between the first and the second goal Trent was finding him a few times he was squaring up Matty Cash or Konza I think might have still been on the pitch at that time and driving at him and he's just he has that electricity when the ball's at his feet where you know it's that cliche thing of like it makes everybody in the crowd stand up and get excited sort of thing but
1: yeah
0: yeah, everybody was just at least, like, I don't think anybody you'd be able to put down as less than a 7 out of 10 if you were doing that kind of ratings mm-hmm. for today. And, you know, a few individual mistakes were not calamitous. They didn't lead directly to goals. And, I mean, if we can cut that out, you're always going to have individual mistakes in games. You know, like You're never going to get a game where all 11 players are 100% perfect if, and never if, put a foot if wrong look at, for the
1: entire you ninety it, minutes. But if you, if you look at every goal, depending if you're a grass-half-full guy, grass half guy, if at every goal you could pick apart a fault from someone. To go, yeah. if that person doesn't do that, it's a goal. It's not a goal. You know what I mean? We could all do that. It's just we just try to cut out the howlers. You know, you know. Even Newcastle last week was the ball round the Trent's foot. Unfortunately, the guy ran through and scored. But it he rounder his foot. And you see those footballs ball round the foot and it doesn't doesn't get caught. Sometimes you will just yeah. need to have to break a little a break of luck, which actually we got today, which is quite nice.
0: Yeah, uh, just a few of the other things. Who stood out yeah. for uh, Aston Villa for you? Because I I
1: thought Diaby out of all their players was probably the best. Um, yeah, I, I keep it to be fair. He made two, he made mm. he made a couple of really good saves. I mean he's a, he's a good, he's a good keeper anyway. But, but as annoying as he is.
0: Shithead, yeah,
1: yeah, uh, but yeah, probably Diaby. Of that, the, the rest of Villa the, they'll just seem very very flat, and yes. it was like the the early goal just knocked it out of them. They were like, oh no, and I thought it's also the it today. Very unvill. Very unvilla-like. I mean, I suppose that's a concern for Villa fans is Liverpool when you have a, a tougher ways, but you know, Villa you would expect to make it more of a fight of it. And I, to be honest, that game was more routine than the ball than the Bournemouth before, And that was when Bournemouth were, were eleven yeah. V eleven. That was actually more of a challenge, which is probably not a good thing for Villa. But how are you feeling, mate? I mean, look, cards on the table, I'd said after four games, if we had two wins, two draws, were on eight points, I'd have been more more than content with that start of the season. So I made up 10 out of 12. You know, I'm not really sure you could ask for much more else. I think a draw away to Chelsea is still a good point. I know Chelsea are a bit of a basket case, but in general, I still think a draw at Chelsea is not the worst result. That is the
0: understatement of the season so far, that Chelsea are a bit of a basket case. Uh, I mean, yeah. You know me, I always think we're going to win every game, you know, take 114 points out of every season. So we're still on course for 112, which is very, very good. That exceeds even my preseason expectations. But, yeah, if you're actually being realistic about it, 10 out of 12 for these first games is fantastic. You know, maybe, exactly. maybe you expect that you have that draw against Newcastle at St. James's Park and you take the three points at Chelsea. But mm-hmm. either of those two results are good. Those are two tough a ways out of the way. Like Chelsea might be a basket case, but do not be surprised when Chelsea takes some scalps. I mean, you say take yeah. scalps like they're a minnow, you know, they've spent a billion pounds in the last at some point, 13 months.
1: With that quality in the squad, they're gonna click at some point where yeah. you know, in two, three months' time, Chelsea Way's like, oh no, I don't I don't need yeah. that. Same with you, yeah, it could
0: away. be it could be Man City, you know, tripping up, going to Stamford Bridge and just, you know, completely underestimating them and you know. Maybe Mudrick actually has a decent game, or Sterling gets some revenge against the old bosses, or something like that. Like Chelsea, mm. we can all laugh at them, and please let us all laugh at them while they're floundering because there's just, I don't see how you can spend that much money and not eventually have a few players rise up and put in some match winning performances. It'll probably be Enzo Fernandez, uh, if we're being honest no, about just-
1: it. Be honest, though, when Caicedo gave the ball away, which ends up leading to the, to the uh, Forest winner. A little smile can you face, did not it? Of because, course. Of course it does. We all know he's going to come good, but you're like, oh. it's funny he's having a bit of a difficult start. Though.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it makes me think back when I think about Chelsea's business to that show that I think Gav, Keith and Shawnee did a year, year and a half or so ago, looking through the most expensive transfers of all time and how many of those big money transfers, how few of those big money transfers come actually on. end up coming good. And now you look at Chelsea's work and you think like, Ooh, They've got a lot of big money transfers in there. And if only one out of six, one out of 10 of those big money transfers work and they're all on 8 nine, twenty-five 25-year contracts, uh, best of luck to them. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out. I thought the ref did half decent today. I didn't see any. I know there was a shout for handball for us at one point. The international feed didn't even show a replay. The commentators yeah. didn't
1: even mention it at all. Was it? Yeah, I don't know. Kev mentioned it to me saying there was a handball. I so I don't know what you're about, Kev. Yeah. So, um, the best thing I can say about the ref is I forgot he was on the pitch, which is probably yeah. a sign that the ref's doing, doing the right thing, you know. The free kicks gave the went, yeah, that's kind of nothing that's shocking. You went, yeah, that makes sense. That's free, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, wasn't,
0: he wasn't ludicrous with handing out the yellow cards for time-wasting, you know, when you decide to switch a gold kick taker at the last minute, or, you know, Trent does too much waving on the sidelines doing a throw-in or anything like that. So, We've been kind of bashing them on a weekly basis, so I think it's more than fair enough that we say that Simon Hooper had a decent enough game
1: that's going fair. forward he, from there. He only dished out one yellow, which was to Kamara, and I think that's because he, he clips one clean through, running past yeah. him, which is a, a standard yellow. I know Liverpool, Liverpool actually finished with ten of 11 men for once and no bookings. It's quite nice, isn't it? Yeah. Doesn't yeah, it make life easier course. when you don't get a man sent off? We should do that more often. <laughs> I don't know,
0: I mean, we made it look fairly easy against Newcastle down to ten men, so you
1: know we've got a pretty well, good
0: knack of scoring. We've scored three goals down a man so far this season, so it's, uh, it's Kept not the absolute red, red
1: card shows here, and Ketty kicked in the head, but only given a yellow card oh, oh
0: well i would uh I would suggest anybody just Google the image of Cody Gakpo after Tyrone Ming's absolutely stomped him in his sternum last season and left Fleet marks down his chest for a yellow card and yeah Who the hell yeah. Knows what's going on? Uh, there we go yeah
1: well. yeah,
0: so I think that's more than enough for us. We can now go and watch the second half of the Arsenal Man United game. We got the folks coming back in, oh, just under five hours here to do a fat back for as per usual on a Sunday night, so they'll have a chance to digest this uh, whole thing, you know, watch some extended highlights again and give you guys a much broader big picture look of where we stand as we head into the international break. but hey. 10 points out of 12, two tricky away fixtures off of the books with a win and a draw. It sucks that the international break is here because I despise the international break and having to watch our players jet off all over the world and, you know, pick up injuries. But, hey, maybe we, we don't have Naby Katea this time, so we might not end up with anybody getting injured on international duty. Hopefully, no. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Yeah. But before we get out of here, please, you guys, thank you for joining us. Obviously, happy days. Everybody likes coming in, doing a reaction show after a routine home victory against what will be, a, you know, a side that's challenging for the lower European places this year. We should all be feeling good about that. Please do us a favor and hit the like button if you're watching us live on YouTube. If you're checking this out after the fact, download it or watching it on YouTube, listen to it as a podcast, give us a five-star review, hit the like button. All these little things just help us keep the show free. Keep bringing the content to you guys. Get more eyes and ears on it. Brings more people into our lovely YouTube chat community, which is the absolute best. And I would suggest, even if you're listening afterwards, if you can ever get onto the shows live and get into the YouTube chat, it is super, super fun. Uh, And the biggest thing, of course, is our charity partner that we're uh, sponsoring. No, our charity sponsor that we're partnering with. There we go. The uh, Dublin GAA Women's Club that are running the Dublin Marathon coming up in October they're about €2,500 short of a very lofty €20,000 fundraising target. We've been working with them for uh, just about a year now coming on. that We've been helping get them to their charity fundraising goal. The link is in all, or the description is in the links. No, the link is in the description to the show. Well done. Well done. The place here. Yeah, it it's should have gone you, out of here five minutes You've had ago a Joe massive. You've, you've
1: done a Joe massive. corner kick here. What's going on?
0: <laughs> That's why you're standing there looking at me like Allison as it goes out. Vincent Vega from Pulp Fiction looking at where the hell did you just pass that? Uh, on all the Day Tripper social media accounts, you'll find the link to the GoFundMe page to help out for our charity sponsor. If you can donate and give a couple of dollars, that would be absolutely fantastic to get us to that 20,000 goal. If you can't donate right now, please share it amongst your social media. If you're on the social medias whatsoever, you never know who this will hit, and they'll be able to help us out with a little bit of a donation and get us to our fundraising target. But other than that, Chris, anything before we get out of here?
1: No, nothing from me. All happy. Still here. Oh, lost you there.
0: Yeah. How does my connection go faulty after 55 minutes?
1: <laughs> should, should we go? Should we ah. go out
0: I, th- I think we should go out on this. I was doing so good. I got to 53 minutes. Apparently, that's my limit. All right. Thanks everybody for joining us. Don't forget that the Fatback Four is here at 10 o'clock uh, Ireland time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll see you guys all back here for that. Other than that, thanks for joining us. Full-time Reds, fourth one of the year, Liverpool three, Aston Villa nothing. See you guys later. Sports Social Podcast Network.